Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. Happy December, my friends. Before we start today, I have a holiday request for you. If you love 3 and 30 and it has brought something meaningful to your life, could you please leave a review? The best place to do that is on the Purple Podcast app if you're listening on an iPhone. You can also do it through iTunes or on Facebook. Now, I don't ask for reviews every single week because I don't want to take up our valuable time together soliciting those, but reviews really are the way that new people find the podcast and know that it's worth investing their time. It's also a great way for companies that are looking to see whether or not they want to sponsor the show to know that this is a podcast and a community that's worth investing in. It means so much to me to read your words. There are 780 reviews on the podcast app right now for the show, which is so incredible, and it would mean everything to me if we could get to 800 by the end of this week. So go ahead and pause the show right now, scroll down in your app, and find the place where it says write a review, and enter a few words about how 3 and 30 has affected your life. You can probably hear it in my voice, but I am still sick. This has been a rough fall for me as far as health between my kidney stone surgeries and now this bug that will not go away. But I'm hoping I'm on the mend and will just continue to get better. And I hope that you and your family are healthy and are enjoying the holiday season together. This episode will hopefully help you to find a little bit more time in what is generally a pretty crazy time of the year. This is episode 59, How to Create More Time in Your Day. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. This is a crazy busy time of year for all moms as we prepare for the holidays And today's episode is going to be perfect for that dilemma that we're all having. The title is Three Tips to Create More Time in Your Day. And obviously, all moms want more time in their day any time of year. But I think during the holidays, this could be especially meaningful and important. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest. She is a productivity expert. Her name is Lauren Golden. She is a mother of three and the founder of the Free Mama Movement. And she's going to tell us a lot more about that throughout the interview. So Lauren, welcome to 3 and 30. 
Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. I'm super excited to finally connect with you. I feel like it's been a long time coming. <laughs> it has. I was just looking at the, I'm like, oh, I got this proposal from her in June. And so it's been six <laughs> months. So it's high time that we connected. And I'm so excited for you to share your three tips to create more time in your day. Such a great title. I know every mom needs this. Can you give us a little bit of background on how you became an expert in this and in in your work that you do? Absolutely. So, you know, I will say I, I, I'm I very type A. I'm, we'll just lay it out there on the table right from the beginning, Rachel. I'm very type A. I'm, I'm a little high strung. And so I've always valued time and efficiency. It's just always been important to me. And as I got older, I realized that it was something that, you know, I might've been inherently good at, but there was a way to break it down and, and systemize it in a way that I could actually teach it to other people and help other people get the most out of their day as well. And notice how it was very intentional that we talk about creating more time. Time is, I believe, our most precious asset. You know, you can always make more money. You cannot make more time. But I always say that we can create it in our day by choosing one thing. Uh, we're saying no to something else. And so that's a lot what we're going to talk about today in terms of what we say yes to and how that allows us to do more of what we actually want to do on a daily basis. Uh, it was really foundational for me when I left my job a few years ago to start freelancing full time. And I had two little kids at home and I had to find a way to the dreaded word balance, but I had to try to figure out a way to balance at all and what that would look like to make sure that I could provide for my family financially, but also be the mom that I wanted to be and show up every day. And so I'm very, very excited to break this down for your listeners. I, I hope that it's very valuable to them. I know it will be. And I love that I'm a former English teacher. So I, I look at words carefully. And I love that you use the verb create here that we can our actions, we can create more time by what we choose to do with our time. And so let's just dive right into your first takeaway of how we can start to create more time in our busy mother days. Absolutely. So my number one tip to create more time in your day is to say no more often. I know that this is hard, especially for those people pleasers out there. And I'm kind of raising my hand in the background. I definitely still fall in that category. I've just learned over time um, that over committing ourselves, it, it doesn't really make us happier. In fact, we often end up overwhelmed and sometimes even resentful. And I don't know about you, Rachel, but I can definitely think of a lot of times in my life where I said yes to something because I felt like I should do it or because I felt like it was the right thing to do. In reality, I just ended up feeling kind of upset about the whole thing. And, and like I said earlier, it meant that I was saying no to something else that I could have been doing with that time that would have you know served me or my business or my family in a more positive way. And so when it comes to saying no more often, especially as we're looking at the holidays and the holiday season, you know we have so many choices to make, whether it's what holiday parties you're attending, whether or not to send out holiday cards. Mm. This was a big one for me last year, Rachel, and it sounds like no big deal, but it's something I had always done. And last year, it just felt felt like too much. Yeah. And I said no to it. And at the end of the day, what I realized, nobody said anything. I don't think anybody even noticed. And not only did I probably save about $200, but I also saved several hours that it would have taken me to address all of those and make it to the post office. And so I know that making these decisions can feel hard, but I just want all of you guys to remember that every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something yeah. else. Yeah. And what I love there when you talked about the holiday cards, what a great specific example is 
looking critically at things that you've always done and realizing that you don't have to keep doing the things that you've always done or that you can take a break this year if it's particularly a stressful time or you have young children that are demanding a lot of you or you have health issues. Look critically at everything on your list and just think, is there things that I can say no to on this list, even if I've always done them? Exactly. Because no doesn't always mean never, right? Sometimes no means not right now. In confession, I totally ordered Christmas cards again this year. Yeah. I felt like I had the time to do it. And I'll be honest, for I, I'm pretty frugal. And for the first time ever, I did that little opt-in at the end where you could pay extra to have all of them addressed for you. It's like such a tiny little thing, but I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do that because I value my time and I would rather pay a little bit more to have somebody do that for me and get that time back to dance around the living room listening to Christmas carols with my kids. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great point. Another thing that I thought of as I thought about this takeaway about saying no is that you can say no after the fact, even after you've said yes. And that is so hard for me. It's hard for me to even say that on here because I'm like, no, I'm a person of my word. But I recently listen to a podcast, which I'll link by Patrice Washington. And it, the title was, I'm not above backing out. And it was so good for me to listen to. And of course, you wouldn't back out of something that's going to put somebody in a huge bind. But you can go to the person and say, my schedule has changed. My needs have changed. I'm sorry, this isn't going to work anymore. And most of the time, people are really understanding that you need to scale back a little bit. I completely agree. And especially this time of year where, you know, just this week, I have an example of this. I do regular group coaching calls. We meet every single Tuesday and I am recovering from bronchitis and I could barely even talk. I could not even get out one sentence without having a coughing attack earlier this week. And my body was saying, you need a day to rest. You need a day to go to the doctor. It's got to happen. And this is going to impact a lot of people, not just one person, but dozens of women. And I felt so horrible. And yet I knew it was the right thing for me to do. I knew that it was important. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to serve them at any high level by continuing to go through with it. And so all I did was postpone it one day. And the positive support and just words of feel better, of course, we understand. And and frankly, some of them even said, way to lead by example. And that really hit me. I was like, wow, not only is everybody like not one person is complaining about this, but people are actually, you know, admiring the decision to do what's best for you. Because at the end of the day, I always say, you know, if you're not operating as strong as you can as the mom, as the head of, I say head of household, because, you know, that's, (laughs) I think the mom's the head of the household. But, you know, if you're not operating, if you're not filling your cup, if you're not feeling happier and fulfilled with your choices, it's going to permeate onto everything around you. Like it's, it it is going to spread. And so I think it's really important, especially as we head into cold season, flu season, holiday season, you have to take care of yourself and overextending yourself is not taking care of yourself. Yes. And I had an experience with this. I had committed to do a webinar for an organization and I had committed many, many months ago. And as it got closer, I just really looking at my schedule and everything, I just, I did not want to do it. It didn't fit. I had all these health problems, but I'm like, I have to do this. I said I would, I'm going to do it. So I spent hours preparing for it. I got there that day. And what was so funny (laughs) 
is that the lady said to me, she said, we're not going to be able to air the webinar at the time that we thought we would because of all these things, but we committed to you that we would do this with you. And so we made it work. And I just had to laugh because both of us were thinking this doesn't work with our schedule anymore, but neither of us had come to the other and just said, hey, this is where I'm at. And so we both were doing something that we didn't want to do because we had committed to the other person. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Like, why didn't I just talk to her? Like, I should have just called her and said, hey, this is what's coming up. And she would have been like, oh, great, because it doesn't work for us either. Done. You know, so it's like, just have a conversation with people about your limits. And I think sometimes it's surprising what they have to say about it. Totally. Three things I always preach inside the Free Mama movement are communication, expectations, and boundaries. And I always start with communication. We can't make assumptions about what other people think, what other people feel. Um, all you can do is kind of operate based in your own reality. And as long as you're communicating clearly, and like you said, you know, you want to honor a commitment, but you could have, you know, even posted as a question is like, hey, how are you guys feeling about this webinar? Here's here's <laughs> what I'm thinking, or here's what's showing up for me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when it comes to choosing yes or choosing no, uh, especially around the holidays, is you need to ask yourself, is this thing going to make me happy? Is this mm-hmm. thing going to get me closer to my goals? And if the answer is no, it's probably time for you to move on. It's okay to say no. In fact, sometimes it's really refreshing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what is your second takeaway for us? My second takeaway for how to create more time is stop trying to do all the things. Now, the Free Mama movement was built on this concept that I believe that as moms, we can have it all. I believe it with every ounce of my being, but somewhere out there in the world, there started this misconception that having it all and doing it all are the same thing. And they're not. Mm. Like, I just need to clear that up for everybody. They are not at all. Oh, totally. And I think we all know this. Like, we shouldn't be trying to do all the things, but sometimes it's hard to have a practical takeaway for that. And I love you have an acronym for us of how we can do do. that. So teach us how. I do. I'm going to teach you how. Okay, so how do you stop doing all the things? You're going to drop it. D-R-O-P. You're going to drop it. So drop, D, delegate, R, remove, O, outsource, P, participate. And this is the ways that you're going to brainstorm in how, how you do different things. Now, I always recommend start by, you know, start with a list. If you're a pen and paper kind of gal, get a list. You might be talking about business things or family things or parenting things, um, maybe even self-care kind of things fit in here or volunteering. Um, you can have a different column for everything, however your mind works. And the first question you should ask yourself, what tasks do you least enjoy doing or take the most time? That's like the best place to start because I think a lot of times we go into overwhelm and it's like, well, I'm already doing all the things. Um, you know, no one can do it like me. No one does it as well as me. Or, oh, I would have to take the time to explain someone else to do it. Or I can't afford that. I mean, there's so many different reasons why we convince ourselves that we still have to do all the things. And it's just not the truth. Those are all excuses. And so you're going to learn how to drop it. So again, delegate. My favorite way to delegate is to get my kids to help around the house. I have a one, six, and four-year-old. I don't know why I just went out of order. Six, four, one, one, four, six. You got me. But so I have three kids. They are young. I'm not talking about teenagers or preteens. And they have chores. And it's not hard stuff. My six and my four-year-old, they unload the dishwasher every single morning while we're making breakfast. 
my six and my four-year-old. They can do it, right? They can do it. You don't have to do all the things. They feed the cats. They take out the recycling. And I like to think that not only are they helping me because those are three less things that I have to do. Mm -hmm. Do I do it better? Probably. Do I do it faster? Definitely. But I don't have to do it anymore because I'm delegating it to someone else. And more importantly, I'm teaching my kids how to be responsible. Mm. And so I feel like that's kind of a win-win. And a lot of times I see moms underestimating what their kids are capable of. Even my one-year-old knows where the trash can is and can go and throw something away. So I think it's time to quit doing all the things, even when you can do it better, even when you can do it faster, and look at it as a teaching Mm -hmm. moment and parenting moment to get somebody to help you out. Now, are there going to be things that your kids can't do. Totally. Let your partner know that you need help. And my favorite example of this is my fabulous husband who also happens to be a better cook than me. And way back before we even had kids, I was getting up at like 545 every morning and showering and drying my hair and curling the ends of my hair and putting on makeup and getting all dressed up to go to my nine to five and making breakfast and packing our lunches. And my husband was rolling out of bed like 20 minutes before he had to go to work, quickly showering and changing and heading out the door. And I was like, hang on a minute. This is not going to fly with me. This was like the first year of our marriage. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And kind of like you were talking about earlier with the webinar and, and you guys, you really were on the same page, but because you didn't communicate about it, Mm. you both kind of were just doing what you said you would do. Well, that's kind of what was happening in my marriage. My husband's like, oh, I just, I kind of thought you just liked doing those things. And so we had this conversation. He's like, I love making breakfast. I'll totally get up earlier and make breakfast. And all of a sudden that became my husband's thing to the point that this morning, even he asked my kids what they wanted and they wanted snowman pancakes. So he made pancakes for everybody and they got to decorate with little chocolate chips. And like, it's his thing now as a dad. And not that I, it's kind of semantics, I guess, to say that I delegated breakfast to my husband, but all it took was a conversation about me feeling like I needed help because I couldn't do it all. And I didn't want to do it all. And at the end of the day, he was happy to do it. But if I wouldn't have said anything, I'd probably still be pretty resentful today, waking up an Mm. hour before him to make breakfast for everybody. So we need to be willing to ask for help, which I know as moms doesn't always come easy, but you are making things harder on yourself if you don't. Mm. And I think the key there with with the marriage is to do it in a moment that's not heated. So I will sometimes I'll snap and be like, I'm doing everything around here. And why don't you ever? And that is not the right way to get somebody on board with helping you and delegating. In a calm moment, go to your spouse with your list and say, hey, I am really overwhelmed by all of this. I would totally appreciate it if you could take something on. And chances are they'll look at the list and be like, I could totally do that thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was such a great point. Yeah. This was not in a moment of like, get out of the shower. You have to cook the food. But you're absolutely right. The way we communicate is really Mm -hmm. important. And then what about your R, remove? Yes. So R, remove. The biggest example for me on this is learning how to say no to something. My family relocated to Texas a few years ago from Kansas City, and it was very unexpected. It kind of shook up our whole world. We were moving away from friends and family, and we found out right before we moved that I was actually pregnant with our third child. So we had a lot of stuff going on, and it was in that moment that I realized, I actually remember a conversation with my husband where I said, you know what? When we go to Texas, I'm going to be a different person. And he's like, I I'm not following. I don't really know what that means. And it's because back in Kansas City, I will confess, I was a bit of a yes girl. 
Anytime somebody asked me to volunteer, to be on a board, to participate in something, I, I was like the first person to be all over it because I like being active and, and I'm a doer. But the reality was it really wasn't serving me the way that I needed it to. It wasn't making me feel happier. It was making me feel busy. And I always kind of joke that busy is a dirty word. I feel like <laughs> we treat busy like a badge of honor. And if you were listening to tip number one, busy is not a badge of honor, people. There's no award for being the busiest person. A lot of times it just, like I said, leads to resentment. And so when we moved to Texas, I'm like, I, I'm going to have to change some stuff because I don't have the support here in Texas that I had back in Kansas City. And now we're having our third child. And so for me, what that looked like was removing a lot of those volunteer roles that I was in. And again, this didn't mean removing them forever. It just meant no, not right now. I can't take on, I can't bite off more than I can mm. chew right now. And so as we go into the holiday season or even into the next year, you might I need to just look at all of those things on your plate. And I did. I remember this activity vividly. I wrote down on a piece of paper everything I was involved in. And y'all, I filled a piece of paper. And my husband looked at that thing and he's like, X, X, X. Like he's just crossing stuff off. And he was right, honestly. He's like, all you do is complain about this. You know, you're doing it. You keep going. But all you do is complain about it. And he was right. I resented it. The best way to create time is to remove some of those activities that are making you feel bogged down or just making you feel stressed out. They're, they're not contributing to your happiness. Yes, I completely agree. And then your O is for outsource. Yes. And this is my favorite. I am an outsourcing queen now. This was really hard for me because I always felt like if I could do something, I should do it. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I always felt like I can go to the grocery store. I can mow my lawn. I can clean my house. So I couldn't possibly pay for someone else to do these things. I need to be doing them. And as my business grew, I really got kind of real my nails are like clenched right now. Like I got a real grip on what was really important to me. And what mattered was serving the people in my community and in my business and being with my family. And that was it. Pretty much everything else dropped to the bottom of the list. And so finding ways that you can outsource things, even most communities have grocery delivery services or at least have like a curbside to go type of option. That to me is like the bare minimum of a way to save time and a way to delegate something. Now I love going to the grocery store. I don't love going to the grocery store with three children. So for me to be home and me to be on my computer and be like, bah, 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 done. No, maybe they're not going to pick the exact bananas that I would have picked, but are you willing to sacrifice an hour, an hour and a half of your time in a grocery store with a toddler because of the right bananas. I don't know. I feel like we got to be able to let some of these things go. And so to be able to outsource successfully, you have to be able to let go. This is coming from a type A control freak, but it's not worth it. It's mm -hmm. not going to be worth, worth the stress that it causes. So yes, find those places where you can outsource. And last but not least is participate. And that is a, kind of like a, like a co-op kind of situation. Like how can you do things that you want to do where you don't feel like maybe you're taking it all on by yourself? And so one of the examples that I teach my, my free mom is in the community, especially those who are, who have been stay at home moms who are launching a freelancing business, you know, they're used to being the sole provider of their kids. They, they've never done daycare. They haven't started preschool yet, all of these things. And I talk about co-ops. So splitting time with a neighbor, if you feel like you're taking on too much, you know, that grocery store scenario, let's say you have to run to the store and you've got all your kids. What neighbor can you call? What sort of exchange can you set up 
for exchanging a co-op, you know, with neighbors or friends for a date night, to be able to run errands or go to the doctor by yourself. I feel like a lot of times we we feel like we have to do everything by ourselves. We have to be, and, and I do believe moms are superheroes, but I feel like we we take on, you know, we wear the cape with too much pride almost. Mm-hmm. And and it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to share the struggles with other people. And then it makes it less of a struggle because you're doing it together. And I just think, especially as women, I think we're so much stronger together and in community. And so I think if you can participate with other moms or another mom, even just finding one that can be that support system for you, you're going to feel less of the burden of trying to do all of the things all by yourself all the time. Yeah. And I think you can get creative with that and look at your list and think, um, what, you know, what could I do with a friend? And maybe we could help each other. I have some friends who did like a meal train where they all cooked, a, they made one meal per week, they tripled it, and then gave it to the other three families. And then the other three families gave them a meal. Does that make sense? So then they had four meals for the week. Totally. I'm like, that's a really creative thing. Or you could look at your list and think, yeah. well, maybe I could get together with a friend and I could help her do this while she helps me do that. So I love this idea of participating and just asking your friends. And then what is your third takeaway? My third takeaway is my secret sauce to life. And that is toss your traditional to-do list. You might be like, what? But I have so many things to do. How could I possibly toss this list? It would actually be really nice if you could. I I remember once my daughter, like I had a long to-do list and this was when she was crawling and she grabbed it and put it in her mouth and it just got destroyed and wet. And I'm like, well, I guess that to-do list is done for. Who cares? (laughs) Like I I couldn't remember everything that was on it. So I'm like, oh, well, I guess those things will just go, you know? Yeah, and you're still here standing and telling the story about it. So <laughs> yes. isn't that amazing how much emphasis we put on these to-do lists to begin with, right? Right. You're, you're still alive, your daughter, you know, everybody's still standing. It's all good. Um, the reason I am not a fan of the traditional to-do list is because I think that it kind of allows us to focus on a superficial satisfaction that comes with crossing something off of a to-do list. And so I teach something called the daily five. Mm-hmm. Now you're probably going, what the heck is the daily five? But you guys, I'm telling you, listen up. This is the most important thing I will share with you on this podcast is the daily five. I've taught this to hundreds of women and it is a game changer for anybody who wants to create more time in your day. And the whole concept behind this is that you're actually going to accomplish more by doing less. That's kind of been the theme today, right? Say no, stop doing all the things, do less. But the daily five is is the tool that is going to help you do it. And the way that the daily five works is that every day you are going to write down the five most important things that you need to accomplish that day. You know, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, it doesn't matter. I do have some moms that prefer to keep kind of a professional list and a personal list separate. That's fine. All of these are just tools. You need to manipulate them in the way that they work best for you. But the concept of the Daily Five is that you're actually going to rank those five things in order. And you have to prioritize them based on, it sounds kind of superficial, but the most important thing and the way that I would measure what is the most important thing is what is going to move the ball forward, so to speak. What is going to get you closer to your goals, whether it's 
cleaning your house or finding another client in your business. It doesn't matter. But like, what's that game changing thing? A lot of times it can be the hardest thing or the longest thing or the scariest thing, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in business. A lot of times if you have a traditional to-do list, you're going to avoid it because it's going to be the hard thing. But the way that the daily five works is that because you're, you're ranking them based on priority or importance, it's not about getting all five things done. It's actually about starting with the first and you don't get to move on to two through five until you tackle that first thing. And the reason that this is important is because Mm -hmm. by tackling that most important thing, that thing that's going to move your life forward in a really positive way, whether it's cleaning out the basement, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's that thing that you have got to get done that you may or may not have been avoiding. By getting that one thing done, even if you don't make it to two through five, you will go to bed that night feeling like the day was a success because you have done something, not just to cross it off your list, not just for that superficial satisfaction, but something that's actually a game changer for you, wherever you're at on that particular day. Mm. And then by only listing five items, just psychologically, you're not psyching yourself out. You're not sending your brain into overwhelm. If you wrote down every single thing you had to do, that can be really overwhelming if you get this list of like 10 or 15 things, and then you'd be shocked at how much time you're actually going to waste just looking looking at that list. By having a daily five, not only are you prioritizing, but it's actually giving you your roadmap for the day because you know exactly what you're supposed to be working on and when. Because when you tackle number one, you go to number two and so on. I have to tell you, like this, it takes a little bit of time to make this a habit. I definitely recommend using the daily five, like setting it up the night before so that you don't spend that time thinking about it. You want it ready to go. It's going to make you productive first thing in the morning. It's going to make you more efficient. And like I said, you will go to bed every single day knowing that you you got something done that was a game changer, that moved you forward and is making you more successful in your life. Mm. I love that idea. I think that is brilliant. And I'm going to try that, the write down my five, because I think it's so true that you, you go to the things that are easy to accomplish and cross those off versus the things that are most important. So I can see how this would totally shift that. I love it. You're going to have to let me know how it goes for you, Rachel. I will, for sure. So before we end, I wanted you to tell people a little bit more about your work. You've mentioned freelancing. I want to make sure you explain what that means, freelancing, and if women are interested in getting involved in that. You also have a book coming out this week, which is so awesome. Congratulations. So tell us about your work and your book. Thank you so much for asking. I'm so excited to explain what freelancing is. And you know what? It's really funny. It's actually one of the first thing that people ask me when they come into my community. And and I'll be honest, that was something that I really underestimated because in my nine to five outside the home working mom days, I always worked with companies that hired freelancers. And so I underestimated how many people didn't know about this world and that it was available to them. And so honestly, it's been very humbling and quite a gift to be able to introduce women to the world of freelancing. You know, I think a lot of people, when they think about being able to work from home, they think you got to do like kind of like call center stuff or transcription or join a network marketing company. And they don't understand all of the choices that are out there. And so in a nutshell, what freelancing is, is basically you're doing contract work for a business or entrepreneur rather than being an employee. And specifically what I teach people to do in the Free Mama and the Free Mama movement is how to be a virtual administrative consultant. And what's beautiful about this line of work is that there are 
are businesses out there that are literally starving for your help. So if you remember me talking about outsourcing uh, back in my tip number two, uh, there are people who are outsourcing out the wazoo to help them grow their business. Because remember, time is our most valuable asset. So you might be sitting there going, okay, that's great, but I have no experience. Like I've never done administrative work or I don't even like, I don't understand what this is. I don't know what my skills are. And what's beautiful about being a virtual administrative consultant is that I can tell you no matter who you are, that the answer is yes. You have something of value that other business owners will pay you for because whether you know something really high tech that they don't know how to do, you can still give them the gift of time. If you can check your email, if you can schedule a calendar, there are business owners out there who will pay you to manage their schedule and check their email. Mind blowing, right? So it's really fantastic. And then depending on, again, what your interests are, what your background is, you might get into social media management or email marketing or even building websites. I have moms in my community who literally had zero experience and now they're out there getting paid thousands of dollars to design websites for people. And mm-hmm. they started with no background in this stuff. It's absolutely amazing what you can do if you're willing to be resourceful, Hmm. if you're willing to have kind of a figure it out mentality um, as you go, and if you're willing to put yourself out there. And anybody who's interested in learning more or kind of seeing what this is all about, I definitely encourage you to join our free Facebook group. It's the Free Mama Movement. And it is one of my favorite places to be in the world. Even though it's a virtual home, it still feels like home. I love it. Okay. The Free Mama Movement on Facebook. I'm sure you all also have a website, which I will link to in the show notes. And then tell us about your book. Um, This Thursday, December 13th, we are launching uh, my first book. It is The Free Mama, How to Work from Home, Control Your Schedule, and Make More Money. And as Rachel said, she's like, ooh, who doesn't want that? I'm like, right? That was very validating. So thank you for saying that. Um, And it launches on Amazon. So you can find it on Amazon. Uh, The ebook on launch day will be a dollar. Um, and there will be an audiobook soon to follow as soon as I get over this bronchitis. Cool. We are so glad that you have come on to share these tips with us about how to create more time in our days. And thank you for all of your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. I loved sharing this stuff with you guys. I love Lauren's excitement and spirit. And now I'm going to recap her three takeaways for you of how to create more time in your day. Her first takeaway, say no more often. And as I pointed out, that sometimes even means saying no to something that you already said yes to, being willing to back out. It's a tough one, you guys. But especially if you are feeling really overwhelmed this week, I challenge you to look at your calendar and pick one thing that you can back out of and have an honest, open conversation with the person. And chances are they're going to understand. Number two, Remember that you might need to drop it. And this is an acronym. D is for delegate. R is for remove. O is for outsource. And P is for participate. And then her third takeaway is the daily five, which is to make a to-do list, not just a mass of every little tiny thing that you have to do, but instead to make a to-do list each day that's five things that are the most important things that you need to accomplish that day in order to move forward on your goals, whether those are business goals, personal relationship goals, and then starting with the first one and working on it until you're done before you move on to the second, third, fourth, fifth. 
I am going to try these techniques this week as I have been feeling pretty overwhelmed trying to manage this podcast, my family, and the holidays. I'm very grateful to Lauren for coming on. Please don't forget to go and leave that review for the podcast if you haven't left one already. It means so much to me, and I hope that you have a great week with your family. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at band camp... Uh uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. The whole view is exactly that. A comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the Whole View podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.